you live in a money pit? Money pit. If your basement needs a pump, or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it eight 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 money pit. The money pit is presented by Wagner Sprayers, Abertron Restoration Products, the Angie app. LL Flooring, Pavestone, Schluter, and RiverbendHome.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So if you got a decor dilemma, you got a repair you got to make, you want to take on some outdoor work, maybe you want to spruce up the deck for the season, maybe you want to take the next step on gardening, whatever is on your to-do list, slide it over to ours and call us with those questions at 888-MONEYPIT or post them at moneypit.com. And on today's episode, if you'd love to have a backyard pool, but you just can't afford it, maybe you don't have the time to care for it, or you're just short of backyard space, We have two words for you, spool pool. We're going to share tips on how you can combine the benefits of a pool and a spa in one very refreshing backyard feature. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And also ahead, ceramic tile showers are usually thought of as waterproof. But the truth is that unless the waterproofing under the tile is correctly installed, that shower can develop slow leaks. And that can go on for years and years and cause thousands of dollars of damage when you finally discover it. So we're going to review the best way to build a shower so it never leaks. And if your home has concrete floors, you might think that installing full thickness hardwood flooring is just not possible because the moisture from the concrete would cause the flooring to warp. We're going to feature a solution that eliminates that possibility and dramatically cuts install time at the same time presented by LL Flooring just ahead. From bathrooms to basements and demolition to decor, we're here to help you tackle your to-dos with confidence. So help yourself first by reaching out with your home improvement question. You're going to get that answer. Plus, you might even win a great tool from Arrow Fastener. And that's right. We've got the Arrow E21 cordless electric staple gun along with staples worth 50 bucks, going out to one listener drawn at random. That number again is one eight 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 money pit Esther in South Dakota, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? We just put a new furnace into our home, and instead of the pipe going into the chimney, the brick chimney goes way up through all the levels of the house. It goes out the side of the house, and right beside it is the water heater. And I was wondering if the furnace exhaust can be directed out the side of the house and a water heater as well. Yeah, it depends on the efficiency. So when you put a more efficient um, HVAC system in, the temperature of the exhaust gases are such that it can be direct vented. That's called direct venting, where you turn the vent right through the side of the house and let it out that way. If you were to try to put that in the chimney, those gases wouldn't really make it out because the chimney would be so cold, there'd be a lot of condensation, and it could even reverse the draft. And now that you've taken the furnace out of the chimney, so the only thing that's left in the chimney is the water heater, you may potentially very well still have that program, that problem now. And I would hope that the HVAC contractor that did the furnace install made sure that that was not the case because if you get very cold chimneys, uh, the, the amount of uh, flame that's coming off a water heater is not enough to warm them up. So you can get a a lot of condensation where that draft will reverse, and that could push the combustion gases back in the house. If you want to run uh, the the vent for the water heater outside, you're going to have to replace the water heater with one that's uh, more efficient and what's called direct vent. It has sort of like a blower motor on top that pulls the gases out. So technically, you can do that. It's just a different type of equipment. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
Jeff in South Carolina is dealing with some unwanted visitors to their money pit. Tell us what's going on. I have a couple of feral cats that are running around in my backyard. I have a bird bath, and the cats stalk the bird bath, and when the birds come in to take a drink and a splash, they jump up and they kill the bird. And what I've done is I've poured the water out of the bird bath to keep the birds away, but how do I get rid of the cats? I mean, there's a lot of initiatives around the country with um, organizations that will um, help deal with the feral cat issue. Uh, many of them run what's called a TNR program, which is Trap, Neuter, and Return. So the idea is that they trap the cats uh, humanely, like with a have a heart trap or something like that. They neuter them. Then they return them to the environment, but hopefully not in your, in your neighborhood where they're, they're used to finding that source of food. And so I would turn to an organization like that that can help you trap the cats and get them off of your property. And if they have the added support that they can neuter the cats, and that helps the overall community uh, from uh, stopping these cats from reproducing. And you know what else? Um, we had an issue years ago when there's a person on our block who you know feeds every cat in town and has about like 30 cats and kittens just living in their backyard. And the neighbor next door was doing a ton of work. There was a dumpster with like food scraps and stuff in it. And so all the cats kind of just meandered into my yard. And I had called the village because... I mean, honestly, I didn't mind the cats being there, but they were killing like a possum. And now all of a sudden I had to clean up a dead possum and birds. And, you know, I really don't want to be doing that. So I called the village and the village referred me to the town. So long story short, I made a bunch of calls to finally get to someone in the county who told me that where I live, feral cats have the same rights as squirrels, which means you can do nothing about them. But if you do find a local cat rescue, they might be willing to come and help you, you know, take the cats, find them, you know, a place to be adopted by. And, you know, maybe if you find a place that you feel comfortable with, you know, a donation might not hurt in helping them to get the cats off your property. So you never know. I might, you know, make a call to your town or your village and see where that goes, too. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Heading to Georgia where Tamara's on the line with a rust problem. What's going on at your Money Pit? I was having some work done inside my house. I was actually having a banister put in with metal rails. Okay. So they were cutting up the rails outside on my pavers on my walkway. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't see anything. And then winter came and went, and we were left with a very bad rust stain on the pavers. And we don't know if we should use a pressure washer or a chemical something to take it off. Well, you definitely do not want to use a pressure washer because that's going to destroy the pavers. What you want to do is use um, uh, some sort of a chemical product or a natural acid to take it off. So you can start with the easy stuff. You, most rust removers have some sort of acid in it. So you can start with by pouring lemon juice on the rusted surface, let that sit, kind of work it in with a nylon brush or a wire brush. In addition to lemon juice, you could try natural vinegar. That works as well. But if those two don't work, then I would use a product like uh, Iron Out. Have you seen Iron Out? Many people use it in the in the laundry to take iron stains out of clothing, but that works really well as well. Okay, I'll try that. How about like CLR? Yeah, I mean that would be worth a shot. I think you're in the right. Uh, department here, or you could use TSP, trisodium phosphate, and you mix that up into sort of a thick, soapy solution and apply it to the rusted out areas, the rusted stained areas, and let it sit for a while and then rinse it off. Terrific. Thank you so very much. All right. Well, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? 
That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Stephen, North Carolina, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have a, a cabin uh, way out in the woods, small cabin out in the woods. And years ago, I built a bathroom on, and I put in a, I believe it is a iron base, but a porcelain-coated uh, tub. And uh, I don't use it that often, but it has developed this very light blue staining all around the drain and has, you know, seeded out. I've used bleach, I've, you know, different cleaners. And I'm wondering, is is there a painted surface or what is going on with that, if, if you might know? It's probably minerals from the water. Uh, are you on a well by any chance? It is, in fact, yes. It is way out in the woods. You may be getting some mineral salts from the water, probably hard water that are just evaporating and, and, and staying behind and then reacting with the with the the drain metal material to kind of form that. I've seen that before. It's almost fluorescent. Yeah, in older houses that I've been in, I've noticed that, that you'll sometimes see that. Yeah, the best thing to use is CLR, calcium lime rust remover. That product is pretty effective at making the minerals go away, but you might find... Uh, that if it's uh, worn the surface off of the drain and that sort of thing, that it just doesn't clean very well anymore. Uh-huh. Okay, well, thank you so much. Oh, and by the way, um, I wish y'all would uh, just every other show play the trailer music and just let it play. I love that. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you very much. I really do. Living a money pit. The music <laughs> is great. All right, Steve. Glad you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Heather in Tennessee who's dealing with a flooring situation. What happened? Well, my husband and I were, uh, we have a water filter on our uh, countertop and we overfilled it one day and it leaked out onto the hardwood And while we were at work and it's left a six by eight inch um, diameter area of bulking of our hardwood floors. Mm-hmm. You can't really see it, um, but you can feel it like when you're walking over it with like socks on, it kind of snags. So I didn't know if there's anything that you could do, like a, a DIY project, or um, if you have to have the whole floor re-sanded, re-stained. I really don't want to go through all that mess. Well, if the floor is swollen, it's kind of a one-way street, and you're not going to be able to kind of get the toothpaste back in the tube. At this point, if you um, want to try to make it flat and smooth again, 
you do have to sand it out. Now, it might not be as terrible as a project as you think. You may not have to do the entire floor. You might just be able to uh, do a repair of that particular area. Do you happen to have the stain and the finish that was used on that floor? I don't. I don't. And actually, another reason I'm kind of leery of it is because we got the same man that did our hardwood floors to begin with come back and put hardwood in our bedrooms, and they don't match whatsoever. Um, so I'm kind of really worried. Let me ask you another question. Do you have any extra pieces of that floor anywhere? I don't. Do you have any area of the floor that's less noticeable, like in a closet or a pantry? Um, yeah. Okay. You know, here's a solution for you. A good carpenter can do this. You can basically cut out some of the floor that's in the lesser visible area, cut out enough of it to be able to use to repair the area in your kitchen. Then you could cut out the bad boards, throw those away, and then insert the boards that you uh, salvaged from the closet area. And then go ahead and repair that closet area with whatever is handy or whatever new you can purchase and stain it to get as close as you can and because it's inside the closet no one will probably ever know that be the wiser for it yet you'll have some boards that match exactly the damaged boards in the kitchen in order to repair that spot how about that well, that sounds a whole lot better than than resanding everything so. well good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit well, if you'd love to have a backyard pool, but you can't afford it, you don't have the time to care for it, or you're just short of backyard space, we've got two words for you, spool pool. It's basically a small swimming pool design that's perfect in so many ways because it is bigger than a spa or hot tub, but smaller than a traditional in-ground swimming pool. And it fits well if you only have a very limited space outdoors or even as an indoor pool. Now, spools, they can be anywhere from about 10 to 16 feet long and 6 to 8 feet wide. So that really is plenty of room for you to stretch out or even just cool off on a hot summer day. Now, spools are also going to give you the option to add features, like special features, you know, like high-powered jets. That's going to help you have that luxurious spa feeling that hot tubs are known for. Or you can simply switch back to a cool soaking pool for those blistering hot summer days. It's easy to switch back and forth, too. And with less water, they're going to heat up and cool down very quickly. Now, the main reason that spools are becoming so popular is the fact that they work well in those small spaces. That means if you've got a small backyard, you might still even be able to have a pool, albeit using a small swimming pool design. I mean, you're probably not going to train for the Olympics in that small pool, but at (laughs) least you can swim shorter laps, you know, for some exercise still, and have some built-in jets or even an underwater treadmill. I mean, this is really an awesome idea. And spools may be smaller than a traditional swimming pool, but that doesn't always mean the cost to install one is less because despite their smaller size, you got to remember that many of the same costs of building an in-ground swimming pool do apply. You need the same kind of equipment and uh, the same kind of work, but that's why, I mean, I think it's kind of like bathrooms. You think, oh, it's a small bathroom. What can it cost? Well, there's a lot of work that goes into a small bathroom, and there's a lot of work that goes into a small spool as well. So no doubt, though, they are a great (laughs) option to consider for the right space. If you'd like to get more insights on spool pools, we've got a great post on this, one of the most popular on our site at moneypit.com. Just search that topic, spool pool and it'll pop right up. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. 
It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Barbara from Rhode Island is on the line. Barbara, you've got some funny noises going on with the toilet. What's going on? I have a half bathroom in my upstairs. It consists of the toilet and a small sink. And for the last few months, um, when we flush the toilet, it, we get like a bubble sound, and it will flush, but it doesn't take like the paper with it. We looked in the tank, and it is right up to the level of the water. The chain is right where the flap opens up, and then it will close, and it will fill. So it's kind of like we have to flush it twice in order to actually get the paper to go down. So the fact that you get this um, this gurgle, to me, sounds like the venting is obstructed. That's where the air gets back into the system. And there's a vertical pipe that goes from the back of the plumbing connection up through the roof. And when it's starving for air, you get that type of a gulp that happens. So it could be that there's a partial obstruction somewhere in that drain line itself. Have you tried to clear that toilet to make sure that nothing was in there? Yes, my husband did take a plunger and um, he used it and um, it didn't seem to help. Barbara, it's good that he tried the plunger, but that may not actually work if uh, the, you know if it's obstructed. It, it can happen. It, it can work if it's um, sort of a larger mass, but if it's something that got in there, like um, uh, you know something that was dropped in the toilet or something that's worked, worked its way in there from an, another drain, what you might want to do is try using something called a toilet auger. Now, a toilet auger is kind of like a two-foot-long toilet snake. And what it does is it actually gets into that trap part of the toilet, which is usually where most of the obstructions are. And it's a very inexpensive uh, tool, and you could buy one you know, at a home center, I'm sure, for probably 10 or $20. And if you use the toilet auger, you're definitely going to clean out that entire bowl and the trap that's attached to it, because the trap is just that. Uh, it's a narrow portion where the waste is to flow up and over, in order to drain out. And if you get waste that builds up there, then that's not going to happen. Okay. All right. So we'll try that. And if that doesn't 
um, work. You mentioned about the um, pipe coming out the roof. Yeah, the vent. If that doesn't work, I would contact. I would reach out to a plumber at that point or a drain cleaning service because you've basically done as much as you possibly can do. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Hopefully, the the auger will solve the problem. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. So here's a fact that many homeowners find surprising. Tile walls and tile floors are not, I repeat, not waterproof. Turns out that many people think they are, but the tile itself could be waterproof if it didn't have to have a grout joint around it and and everything else. Uh, You really need the right kind of waterproofing under it to make it work. And if you don't get it right, you could potentially expect thousands of dollars of damage to occur. Yep, and getting that waterproofing right takes skill and the right products to form a system that can stand up to years and years of constant moisture. So with us to talk about that is Andrew Acker, the Director of Education for Schluter Systems. Welcome, Andrew. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Andy, I think a lot of people are surprised when they find out that they've got a shower leak. I know uh, in the years I spent as a home inspector, I used to test shower pans all the time, and I did it very carefully because I knew that if I didn't watch it, I could cause even a bigger problem than they had. But I used to block the drain, you know, with a like a, a washcloth or one of those sort of rubber jar openers and fill that shower pan up, not a lot, but, you know, three or four inches of water, and then quickly go downstairs, whatever was under that, and make sure it wasn't coming through the ceiling. And I'm telling you, probably one out of every five had a problem where it was leaking and people just didn't know it. And when they got the shower pan out, they found a lot of structural damage. This is the kind of thing that doesn't always show itself in dramatic fashion, like an overflowing tub. Sometimes it just happens very slowly. And by the time you find out about it, you've got some really costly repairs ahead. That is exactly true. At a lot of time, it doesn't really show itself for years and years after the initial leak. And in many cases, as you said, uh, you know, only a, a certain percentage of them actually were dripping water. What we find in many cases is such a slow leak that it never shows up as dripping water. It's just doing damage uh, under the cover of the drywall and the flooring that's on the floor, and you have no idea that it's actually going on until, like you said, it, it's, it's uh, incurred quite a bit of damage already that's going to uh, take considerable amount of time and effort and money. Uh, to get replaced. Well, and Andrew, it's interesting because as all that water gets in there and sort of just stays, you're going to get mold growth, which can create a whole host of different problems. That's right. So, you know, at Schluter Systems, we just don't uh, talk about a failed shower in regards to actually dripping water, water running out from the enclosure. It could be what you just said, which is mold and mildew, which could be very detrimental to the health of the occupants and so forth. So that's why we spend a a lot of time educating the consumer and the actual installer on um, moisture management, both in its liquid and vapor form. Because in many cases, we're seeing vapor drive into the wall cavity accumulate quicker than it can dissipate, which lends to you know excess moisture content, and then you have your mold for that reason, too. That's why our systems are sealed-up systems that go just below the tile layer. And in that case, you actually can manage the moisture up at the surface of the tile assembly, if you will, instead of down below underneath the tile, the mortar, and all of these other materials that will hold water. 
Now, there's a number of ways over the years that folks have constructed shower areas. Your system is unique that it, it really starts with a membrane, correct? So can you kind of walk us through how it kind of comes together? And I know that you've evolved this now to the point where it's even available in a kit form. But talk to us about sort of the layers just in general and how this system is built up so it properly does manage not only the water but the water vapor. Okay, yeah, it does start with what's called a load-bearing surface waterproofing membrane called CURDI, K-E-R-D-I. And CURDI's been out on the market for almost 30 years now, been around for quite some time uh, in the U.S. But the key ingredient that was missing was a drain, the part where you actually, as a consumer, watch the water go down the drain. There's a mechanism there underneath the tile that you don't see which actually bonds the waterproofing to that drain. Mr. Schluter made that very simple by bringing that drain up on top of any of the material except for the tile, up there where the surface waterproofing is going to be, the curdy. So, yeah, so now you have a kit form. You have a system that actually manages moisture in both liquid and vapor form up at the surface. So, yeah, curdy came first. And then we revolutionized the tile industry and even the plumbing industry by bringing out the first integrated bonding flange, which is just that. It allows the surface waterproofing to be bonded to the drain assembly up at the surface also, and then the tile is bonded directly to the membrane. So it makes it for a very quick and easy way to to prep a shower for tile, and in the long run, it does seal the whole system up and then protects any moisture-sensitive building materials from ever getting any water or moisture on them. I mean, that's interesting, Andrew, because it really sort of emphasizes the importance of using an entire system rather than sort of piecemealing things with a variety of components. That's exactly right. There there has been uh, an era where we were piecing together from this manufacturer and that manufacturer and trying to make a system work the way it was designed, and it was difficult to do that when you don't have one goal in mind. It's like somebody pushing on a piano to get it in a room and someone else is pulling it and they don't know that they were <laughs> working in the opposite direction. So, yeah, you all you have to have something that's fully integrated. That's what we're looking for, where all the pieces are designed to work in conjunction with each other. That's, that, that is exactly right. That's an important thing to look for. Now, the CURDI system that you mentioned, that's available individually, the components individually, but it's also available as, as a kit. So if I had you know, a three-by-four shower, for example, or a variety of your other kit sizes, I could purchase everything I needed sort of at once, and this way I know I'm getting all the parts, again, designed to fit together? That's right. We call that shower in a box. Uh, you just need your tile and your thin set to, to put the thing together. So, yeah, you could get a tray that also is very high density, so it can support uh, any kind of load on it. It already slopes down towards the drain, and the drain's placed in a certain spot in the tray, depending on what you bought. And the waterproofing's already on that tray. We have a curb that's ready to be installed that's all waterproof and, and is never going to be vulnerable to any moisture. You get the membrane in the kit. You get any of the banding, the seal up around the mixer valve, around the shower head. It all comes in the box. doesn't get any easier than that. Andrew Acker, the Director of Education for Schluter Systems, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit and educating us on what really makes a bathroom watertight. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, if you've got a project around the house like woodworking or crafting or DIY, even upholstery, we've got a great tool to give away to one lucky listener. We've got up for grabs the Arrow E21 cordless electric staple gun, along with a whole bunch of staples to tackle a ton of projects. I promise it's going to last you a while. 
The best part about this electric staple gun is that it's small. It's got a nice, compact design so that it goes into a lot of places that really can be challenging to get to. You can fire 30 staples or nails per minute, and it's got a battery life of up to three hours. So you can really tackle a large project or a bunch of small ones. It's really helpful for working in areas with limited power sources. Again, it's great for crafting, woodworking, a ton of DIY projects. It's worth 50 bucks, but it could be yours. So give us a call for your chance to win. That number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Anne on the Money Pit who's got a question about a porch. How can we help you today? Our front porch, um, I guess, has settled and there's a huge crack and it goes completely through the whole slab of concrete. Um, how would we go about economically fixing that? Or is it possible without having to repour the whole thing? And it's um, it's like a slab on top of bricks. So you know, there is a hollow spot underneath the slab. Okay, so it's broken in two, and can you see through the crack into the sort of the void below? Um, you can't exactly see through, but it is a wide crack. It's wide enough to, to see, not all the way through, though. What you would do is, if it's if it's wide enough where it's not going to hold a patching material, you would put something in there first called backer rod, which is like a foam rod, and it comes in different diameters. And that would sit just below the surface of the crack, maybe like a quarter to a half inch below the surface of the crack. And then you would repair that crack with a flowable caulk, like a flowable urethane. Or I know that Quickcrete has some patching materials that will also work. And that backer rod keeps that seal up towards the surface. Does that make sense? And doesn't fall down in. So it's only you got to put, you know, coat after coat after coat. And that flowable urethane will expand and contract with the concrete slab. So you don't have to tear it out and replace it. You just have to fix it correctly. All right, thanks for your help. Good luck with that project, Ann. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, hardwood floors are an attractive addition to a home, but if you own one of the millions of homes constructed on a concrete slab, you might think that laying hardwood on top of those slabs could cause it to warp and then become ruined. Yeah, and generally speaking, that's entirely possible because concrete holds a lot of moisture. And given the right conditions, that can definitely adversely impact any solid hardwood installed on top of it. Now, typically, the only way to prevent this involves a two-step process where the concrete floor is coated with an epoxy material first, left to dry, and then a separate adhesive is needed to adhere the hardwood to the concrete, which then took another full day to dry. Well, now Bostic has developed a product that both seals the concrete slab and then adheres the flooring all in one step. It's called Ultra Grip, and it's available at LL Flooring. Now, Ultra Grip is going to provide a lifetime unlimited moisture vapor warranty, so there is no chance that that hardwood floor is going to warp. Plus, when you use Ultra Grip, the floor can also be walked on during the installation, and then it's immediately ready for you to use once that install is complete. Cleanup is super easy, even after the product cures and the adhesive is also designed to dampen sound. So, I mean, this is like a win-win product here. It really is. Ultra Grip by Bostic. If you use it, you could confidently cover cold concrete floors with warm, beautiful hardwood. Ultra Grip high-performance adhesive is available at LL Flooring stores nationwide or order online at llflooring.com. Scott in Illinois, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I put in a wood deck. Uh, about a year ago, it's treated lumber, cedar, I think, and the lumber yard or the mill, they stamp it with like their stamp that tells the grade or the manufacturer or whatever it is. And I want to stain it with like a transparent stain, so I want to figure out how to get that off 
of there. I've tried power washing it, but that doesn't do any good. No, you have to sand it. It's it's in the it's in the the grain of the wood, so you'd have to sand it out. And you can do that without affecting it because the pressure treatment goes throughout the entire wood, but it'll be a slightly lighter color. But why are you going to go with clear? Why not use a semi-transparent or a solid color stain? So that looks more weathered. Yeah, I mean, you could you can do that. I will tell you, the difference between semi-transparent and, and solid color is probably about five years of longevity because the solid color just lasts a lot longer because it's got more uh, pigment in it. Is that right? Okay. So... A solid color will last ten years. Long, long, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think that's fair. And by the way, you won't have to worry about that stain because it'll just go right on top of it. Yeah. Okay. Too easy. That's what we try to do, Scott. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Occasionally, there actually is an easy solution. Jaren is wondering whether window tinting makes sense for her home. Now, she says, my home has multiple large windows as well as a sliding glass door in the living and dining room. They let in a ton of natural light, and we love it. However, with that light comes added heat. We've heard window film claims to block the heat while allowing light through. Would this be a good option to make the seating areas more comfortable, but also let in as much natural light as possible? You know, I think it would. I've got a little experience with this material, Jaren. I used it uh, on my car once, the 3M window tinting materials that I'm talking about. And here's why. I first actually had the opportunity to do a tour of the 3M offices out in Minnesota and was introduced to this product. And I was amazed that in this, this very, very thin film, I understand there's many, many layers, like up to 50 or more layers in this film, and each one has a specific purpose, and the purposes are to cut out UV light and to also filter the damaging rays that can fade furniture and that sort of thing. And in your case, I think that would be a perfect solution. And here's a sort of a misnomer about window film. It doesn't have to be dark. They have window film today that's clear, just as clear as the windows you have now, but also filters out those UV rays. So I think it's a really good solution for your situation because you certainly want to enjoy all that light, but the heat that comes with it, not so much. So putting this window film up and do it professionally so it comes out right is also going to save you in terms of your cooling costs going to those hot summers. All right, Jaron, that's going to help you out a lot to be more comfortable. Now, John writes, the only way I can get hot water through my kitchen faucet is to run the hot water only in the two bathrooms. Once they run hot water, I can then get hot water in my kitchen. This happens every morning and often later in the afternoon or evening. What in the world is going on? Ah, so this is an easy one, John. What's going on is the distance between your water heater and your kitchen sink is probably pretty long. And that pipe, even though it's a hot water pipe, is filled with cold water. And that cold water in that hot water pipe has got to empty before the hot water shows up. Now, by you running the hot water in the bathrooms, you're kind of hurrying that along because you're creating two other taps where that cold water can wash itself out, followed by the hot water, and then which apparently is immediately behind uh, in getting to the kitchen faucet. So the solution here is either to deal with it or you could also install a recirculating system that will run a little bit of hot water through the lines all the time and therefore you won't have to wait quite as long. Um, I think I like that option for John. What do you think, John? (laughs) Yeah, he'll waste a lot less water too. Well, if you want healthy trees and shrubs all summer long, don't be afraid to make the cuts now. Leslie explains in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Time to get the pruning shears out, huh? 
I mean, for sure, because pruning your trees and shrubs really is one of the top outdoor tasks for the spring season. When you prune a tree or a shrub, it's going to encourage new growth and better air circulation. And it's also going to clear away those dead branches that can be a safety hazard. And spring really is a great time to prune those summer flowering plants. They're still dormant and they've got their bare limbs exposed. So it's really easy for you to see that plant structure so you can refine and reshape correctly. Now, the only plantings that you should not go after with pruning shears are young or even newly planted trees. You want to give them a chance to put down roots and then have them grow up in the great outdoors. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show coming up next time on the program. For centuries, arbors and pergolas have been an integral part of creating a beautiful landscape, and these wooden yard structures are well within the reach of most DIYers. We're going to tell you where to begin on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a money pit.